I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Bantering the Blue Shirts. I'm Tom Merch Jr., joined, as always, by Mike Murphy. Mike, how's it going today? Uh, going well. It's pretty rainy where I am in Jersey. I don't know if it's rainy up, uh, up in the, your neck of the woods, but uh, other than that, doing fine. Uh, doing a lot of research and work um, on my website lately, and I've slowly lost my mind looking at box scores and spreadsheets and every once in a while I get to poke my head up and consume some Rangers or NHL related news and it's a it's always a welcome distraction from what I've been doing essentially like a full-time job lately yeah it's a lot of the work that you're doing is great um you should definitely plug your website so everyone can visit it and what's your project uh named again Michael you son of a bitch. Uh, it's herhockeycounts.com is the name of the website. There you go. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of weird. We were off last week, as I, we kind of alluded to. Um, it's kind of that weird time where we wanted to wait to see what was going to happen with the remaining Rangers news. There's NHL stuff. We don't know what's going to happen. Uh, so figure today is sort of like a wrap-up of open business and then as we alluded to going back we're going to have some shows where we have some more interviews and guests lined up on a variety of topics um but yeah so i guess the the first thing to start with is we can look at um i would say the the biggest news um the rangers finally come to terms with their remaining rfas that being ryan strom and brendan lemieux um i'm not surprised that they avoided arbitration just because it's been 10 years since they've gone to arbitrate or rather 11 years uh 2009 with um nick jaredev was the last one uh i was surprised that ryan strom got two years because it was a situation where i felt that the rangers wanted to keep their options open they don't know how they want to proceed long term and um you know potentially if they didn't sign strom there are so many centers that are still on the market that frankly i would have thought would have signed by now um what was your thought on the the strom deal mike were you surprised was you okay with the cost the term any and all thoughts floor is yours 
Yeah, the Storm deal was interesting because this was like the last big piece. Uh, you know, we we foreshadowed it. We've talked about it. You know, for for months now, really uh, waiting on when this would happen. And I mean, like everyone understands what the situation is with Brian Strom. He's the stopgap, right? He's the 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 plug that you you wait for Filipino to be ready, hopefully, and then take over that second line center uh, role and. Uh, Ryan Strom is obviously he had a career year which is great for him and it's great for him that he got paid but it's no mystery that it's directly tied to playing with Artemi Panarin on his wing so you know it's 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 still a big deal that he gets signed um, you know the the cap it is 4.5 million uh, you know for each season of, his, of the two-year deal I wasn't in love with the fact that it's two years, but I do feel like it's still a pretty easily traded contract. Um, that doesn't mean I, I'm in love with it, because I think we were saying a similar thing with uh, Spooner and Vlad Nemestikov, the kind of, oh, you know what, four million a year for two years, uh, you know, it doesn't seem that unreasonable, and Strom obviously has proven to be more valuable than either of those guys, even though one of those guys became Strom and Spooner, but uh, I would have been a lot more comfortable if it was just one year, um, but it is what it is. You know, the other thing I think that it's really important to keep in mind is that Hedl is still 21, so, you know, it would be asking a lot to plan these, you know, whatever, whenever the hell this next season starts without, you know, without Strom or a similar stopgap there who can be that 1B or second line center, whatever you want to call it. So, you know, it is what it is. I'm glad it didn't get to arbitration. I'm glad that this got settled, that this last piece is in place. Um, You know, I think there's also something to be said about what Strom was able to do in terms of having chemistry with Panarin. Although, you know, we often, you know, tease and joke that, you know, like a, a traffic cone could pick up points playing with Panarin like Strom has a really underrated ability to make plays in the offensive zone I think he makes great passes from behind the goal line Um, you know he does a lot of little things that I think complement Panarin's game to some extent I'm really curious to see who's going to fill in in that spot that was Jesper Foss spot Um, if you keep Strom and Panarin together which I don't see why you wouldn't Um, you know it would be very fun if it's Capocacco um, and then, you know, you have to decide what to do with Lafreniere and Kreider and, and the left side and left wingers and all that stuff. But it's interesting to me, Tom, that this is where we ended up with Strom because it seems very reasonable. Um, I think the, the cap hit could have, if not for the, you know, the fixed cap, this number could have been a lot bigger. I think that helped keep it low or helped keep it under $5 million, uh, just based on what he did last season. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on this other than, you know, Strom is here, signed for two years? But I guess this is what I'll do for you. I'll, I'll serve you the volley of, do you think he finishes this contract in a Rangers jersey? No, I don't. And part of that is because, and I I was, uh, I briefly skimmed i think of his larry brooks had an article where he was talking about the rangers and 
their how they're going to put this roster together and options they have. And there was a section about face-offs and, you know, I tried to just go by that because it was looking at some short sample of Howden, I think, during the uh, the play-in series versus Carolina. And he was trying to make a point out of that, but that's besides the point. Um, he brought up that Howden now is in a spot where he may not even be at center. He mentioned that Morgan Barron who was a you know late round pick, I believe sixth round uh, a couple years back, and he's working at Ben Prentice's academy in Connecticut. And Ben Prentice is a renowned strength and conditioning coach. Um, you know, he, one of his famous clients was Marty Sanoli. He does consulting with the Rangers, and I think the terminology that Brooks used was Baron was getting into peak beast mode to compete for a roster spot um so and like i'm sure someone will correct me um like i believe i'm not speaking out of school but he was drafted as a center but i believe that at cornell he's been used on the wing so there's kind of this flexibility that he could go in this spot he could go in that spot i'm sure adam will have updated information on him i know he started his prospect ranking series getting ready you know to sort of put that out but i don't think he finishes the contract and i don't think it's going to be a situation where okay they leave him exposed and seattle's going to take him I, i don't think it's that kind of thing i just feel that push comes to shove the Rangers are going to look at, oh, wow, this is the last year of Heedle's entry-level deal. And he's going to be an RFA after the year. And we don't know how many games are going to be played this year. Um, that might be a factor of why Strom got a two-year deal, where it's a situation of they're getting value for the contract because if it's only 40 games this year or 60 games or who knows the number, it's still some flexibility of, okay, you know, yeah, he's going to age in, in a year, but it's not going to be that wear and tear. Um, but they got to figure out what they want to do with Heedle. Um, I don't know if I would call it a comparable contract, but I was interested to see the deal that um, Rupe Hintz got from the Dallas Stars. It was a three-year deal with a $3.15 million cap hit. Um if they say they push the you know things down the road with Heedle, where it's like okay, we're going to give you uh, a one-year deal next, um, like that. Ideally, if he shows a continuation of what he's done and has an even you know better season, like that would be a nice little um, ticket. Um, but that's obviously you know putting you know the cart way before the horse. Um, but like I tweeted this at the time, and I wasn't doing it to compare the players, but I found it, you know, peculiar, or maybe not peculiar, but interesting, you know, coincidental that Zibanejad's a free agent in two years, Strom's a free agent in two years. They've clearly made strides of doing things to solidify the future. Obviously, you have Panarin on the wing, you know, just got Lafreniere. They have Kreider signed long-term. The defense... You know, something, Struba, D'Angelo for now, Fox. But center is a position of utmost importance, and there's still big question marks there. And 
we may not learn a lot about this season because it's could be wacky, but if you're the Rangers and you're pushing towards becoming a contender, you kind of want to find out like what what are they going to do? Like what is Zibanejad realistically going to want? Is it going to be too much? Um, not to push the guy out the door, but by the time he needs a new contract, he'll be on the on the the door of thirty. And this is not to say that he's washed or you know kick him to the curb, but. It gives a pause when we've heard rumors that he could be looking for $10 million. And I love Mika to death, but he's not a $10 million player. Yeah, but the thing is, like, if you look at how things are lining up, there is the Rangers have so much riding on Hedl's success. And then, you know, pretty much regardless of what happens with Hedl, but let's say Hedl doesn't really pan out and the Rangers have to find an answer. And, you know, in a couple of years' time, they have to negotiate with Mika. Like, he will be negotiating from a position of incredible power if he's the only, like, bona fide top six center that this organization has. And that's oh, sure. Scary, and it's a scary thought for a team that has, you know, Artemi Panarin at the cap hit that he's at and, you know, Chris Kreider locked up, uh, you know, through his 30s. So... And, you know, and then, of course, the cap hit attached to Jacob Truba, which is something we haven't talked about in a bit. But you do have to start thinking about these things because, you know, in with Panarin and Truba, you brought in these guys who were instant, like you pay them like a combined 20 million in cap for them to be instantly a part of your core for the present and future. And now you have to start figuring out how, how to build, you know, you had other guys there, but how to build around those players and... Zibanejad is that obviously like you know the second best player on the team second best second best skater for sure you know we'll have to see just how good Igor Shesterkin can be and who knows even Adam Fox can be a part of that conversation one day but it is really interesting to me how much is riding on Hedl and hearing that about uh, Baron is interesting as well because you look at what's there in terms of down the middle like there hasn't been a lot of buzz around uh, Carl Henriksen since the Rangers drafted him, you know, he's, he's kind of, you know, just trudging along doing his thing in Sweden, like not putting up remarkable numbers, but, you know, he was a second round pick as a center. So, you know, you're not expecting the world of him, but it would be really nice if he could become something like a third line center down the road. But there's not a lot of indications one way or another that he's on the path as far as I've seen and heard and read. Um, you know, I've only gotten to watch a couple uh, Swedish elite league games here and there, um, and it's fun. And I'm also learning Swedish on Duolingo, Tom. By the way, it's fun. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah. So you're like learning the different languages as, as part of like your your project for women's hockey, or is it just like, hey, it's a pandemic. I'm gonna learn how to speak a different language. It's a pandemic, and there's a lot of like all the years we've had to look at like Hank interviews in Swedish and just slam them through Google Translate, and it would be nice to know a couple words. So, uh, But yeah, it's fun and free. I recommend it for, for people who are interested in it. But uh, it's um, the center situation is so fascinating to me because like, the wings is, is so fun and full of potential, and the D is still so fun and full of potential, and even like the goaltending situation looks really, really promising. But center, you know, it's center depth we've heard it you know it's a cliche of both old hockey and new hockey thinking is you need 
center depth and really you need to develop your own centers uh, if you want to have affordable centers and not do the thing where you're the Rangers and you bring in <laughs> Scott Gomez and Chris Drury in the same free agent class. But yeah, I'm very, very curious to see how things pan out, what the Rangers look like. I'm, I wrote in, uh, I wrote for Banter that I think it, the, it's in the Rangers' best interest to kind of have an open competition for that 1B second-line center role between Strom and Hedl. Like, don't make it Strom's role by default. Let Hedl try and earn it away from him and steal it from him. Because the Rangers, like you said, they need to know what they have there. And it's kind of scary to think what happens if Philip Heedle isn't that 2C or 1B that he has the skill to be, but just a question of putting it all together. So the question I want to ask you is, and I'm only thinking of this as I have the Cap Friendly page up, and as I think of everything they've said of this year, and I, I almost wonder, and you never want to punt on a season, and... Your story about you push the kids, you see what they got, because if they play to their potential and they play to their their strengths, you're going to see some good things there. And I wonder if that it's not going to be a situation of we have another expansion draft where you have a team in Seattle that is going to go, okay, um... You guys, uh, you know, just random team out there are kind of boned where you have all of these good players and you can't protect them all. Uh, what are you going to give me to take this? But I wonder if, and I'm this is a long way of saying I'm going to ask you a question and, and this is a preamble, but do you think the Rangers and their relative flexibility after this season, because obviously the buyout of Shattenkirk goes down, the Lundqvist buyout goes down they have 14 players signed for the the year after the one that we're currently in um and they should have quite a deal of cap space um you know remains to be seen what happens with some of the rfas that the rangers could go hey team that could get put over a barrel by seattle I can help you here. Um, let's make a deal so that you don't end up paying a premium or lose a player for nothing. Like they could be this sort of uh, like, hey, stranger, I'm I'm going to make a trade with you instead of uh, these new rascals. Do you think maybe that's something the Rangers could consider? Yeah, the Rangers being the let's make a deal team um, because of the potential cap space. It is crazy to think about how everything's going to line up with you know, the Shattenkirk buyout coming off and like, you know, there's some contracts with, you know, Buchnevich and a couple other guys who are pending RFAs and Heedle among them as well, where you wonder what those cap hits could look like. But it is fascinating to me that the Rangers could find themselves in a position to either hunt down a center in free agency or try to make a deal. And that stands out to me because they could be dealing from a couple of positions of strength if things go right in terms of developing D and developing also some of these young wingers they have. Like they could put themselves in a position where they bring in a guy to be a middle six center that can be kind of part of the core. But that's like that's kind of like reading tea leaves right now. It's very hard to predict what that market's going to look like just because like imagine this offseason we had with 
you know, the free agents and, you know, like the elimination of the middle class, uh, a guy like Taylor Hall taking that one year crazy deal and, you know, the the weird negotiating circle that, you know, the goalies moving and then, of course, Petrangelo landing in Vegas and Tory Krug landing in St. Louis, like everything was so weird and knotted together and, and everything was connected in a way that was so clear. Like in the past, it was a little more a little more mysterious how the shuffling of, of chairs went around. But this time it was like, oh yeah, you can you can really connect the dots. But imagine something similar happening next, this upcoming off season, plus the expansion draft. Like it's crazy to think of how much more chaos there could be. And, you know, there could be teams that really benefit uh, from that chaos. And the Rangers could be one of those teams that does that. But the other things to keep in mind is another team joining the league means that the talent pool gets diluted a little bit. So teams like the Rangers are in a pretty enviable position where it's unlikely they're going to lose someone they really need to keep or would love to keep. Uh, Chances are they don't have to worry about what they could stand to lose. Um, But, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that they'll be able to take advantage of, of things unless something kind of falls their way or they kind of stick their nose in and find a team that's in a kind of crappy position and see if they could negotiate something with Seattle and that team. But uh, I'm I'm definitely interested to see how that pans out. But for me, the big, big picture is the future of this, like the center depth and, you know, all eyes really on Morgan Barron. But of course, like, let's not put too much pressure on him. Let's not put too much pressure on Philip Heedle. Uh, Strom is here for two more years. Let him do what he's going to do. And hopefully, you know, one way or another, you can turn Strom into an asset that helps this team. It's unlikely you'll be able to trade Strom for, you know, a younger version of Ryan Strom that's better defensively because those sort of trades don't really happen except in video game world. Yeah, a part of my my thought process was, and uh, not to, you know, go too far down a tangent, um... I was thinking of the Mets because this week they introduced their new owner, uh, you know, him talking about how uh, he's not in it to make money. That's why he has a day job and how they're going to be one of the only teams this year that is going into the offseason not having lost money and what opportunity that gives them in trades and signings and things where I look at the Rangers and they're going to be a team that next offseason is going to have to spend one way or another because you're going to have Smith, Jack Johnson, who I still can't believe is a Ranger, coming off the books. Um, obviously, Giuseppe will be up. You'll have um, all of these different um, holes to fill. And based on how far the Rangers are, like even if they are bad, like let's let's just say they are bad and they end up in tenth, eleventh, twelfth draft pick range. Um, there's going to be teams that are looking for draft picks, like the Arizona Coyotes. They need draft picks. There's always teams that are going to decide we're going to now go go down this road. I know the Blackhawks had had their version of the letter, which then Stan Bowman kind of walked back in some media interviews where it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah which, which was kind of hilarious because it's like, he's, you know, Jonathan Taves got mad and he's like, Oh, well 
we've kind of been on the same page, so I, I'm interested how that's going to pan out regardless. But, yeah, I, I I look at this team and I say to myself, they talk about this vision, they talk about how they want to do this, but then you look at it and it's like, okay, they still have Brennan Smith, they have Jack Johnson, they have Anthony Batetto. Like, the defense is going to be absolutely horrible. And then I say, well... It's going to be rough. <laughs> Maybe maybe this is like a Trojan horse year that, well, we're going to, you know, see what the kids do, but all in the back while it's like we're looking at this cap space, looking at this cap space, and looking at potential tradable capital, as much as it hurts me to say it, maybe Pavel Buchnevich, maybe Ryan Strom, um, maybe even Tony D'Angelo with one year left on his deal. Who knows? Um, but... I th- I think it's something definitely to uh, keep an eye on, and a lot can change because we never know what's going to happen. We we don't know how other teams react. Who knows? Maybe Taylor Hall is a complete flop in Buffalo, and uh, you know Jack Eichel just says, you know what, enough is enough. We don't know. We gotta w- obviously wait for the games to play. We don't know what that's going to be. Um, the other bit of news for the Rangers, which I really don't have too many opinions on, uh, Brendan Lemieux resigns. His cap hit is going to be $1.55 million. Um, I personally, like he... Five, 500k too much is the answer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, I, I think I tweeted, I said he's closer to being a million-dollar player than he is a $2 million player. He does have a knack for drawing penalties, but he also takes some dumb ones. Uh, he blocks shots, but other than that, he doesn't have much of an impact. And there's it, it, a certain element of when they acquired him, they were looking at it as well. He was on his second team. He obviously had the pedigree. Um, maybe this is a guy who can be another... Sean Avery-like player, um, although I, I still feel that you know Avery doesn't get as much player for the hockey player he was outside of the antics. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm not too crazy about it. Like I'm not gonna lose sleep over it. But I I did find it interesting, like you know, referencing back the article that Brooks is said that you know maybe Lemieux is someone who uh, he's a fourth line forward or maybe potentially um someone who's who's an extra forward although i wouldn't believe that were to happen yeah the the me was interesting to me like i said the you know 500k too much a year i I, like you think he's closer to being a one million dollar player which was his old contract um i know there is some talk where like winnipeg fans were a little like oh man we're giving up brendan the mew um you know when he came over as as part of the kevin hayes trade but I don't know. Like from what I've seen from from Lemieux, it's like he just reminds me of a vulture, right? He's he is a pest, and there is a place in the game for pests. Uh, they're not necessarily like, and they can have quantifiable value, right? Like you can say, of course, it's good to draw penalties. Um, I would argue that it's probably better to draw penalties with skill because. Uh, that would suggest that you're doing things that, you know, if you're drawing penalties with skill, I would imagine that correlates to creating chances and putting yourself in a position where the opposition must take a penalty as opposed to, uh, you know, drawing penalties by having a shit-eating grin and being a pain in the ass. Um, 
And, you know, he hits, he block shots, he does all that stuff. He has a white hockey stick, which is fun. Um, but to me, Brendan Lemieux is a guy who doesn't really create his own offense. He's also a vulture to me because he cleans up kind of scrappy, uh, you know, loose change around the net. Like, he's a guy who likes to take his shots from, you know, a little 10-foot circle around the net. He reminds me a little bit of Jimmy Vesey in that way, but... He doesn't really have the same offensive instincts as VC and not the same size. Like, uh, you know, it says a lot that I would take Jimmy VC over him without a second thought. Uh, but I would. <laughs> um, just because I thought Jimmy VC, you know, for all of his warts and everything, like, he was still a very valuable depth player. Like, 20 goals out of a guy like Jimmy VC is nothing a, you know, nothing a, you know, poo poo. So, I don't know. Brendan Lemieux being here for two more years is it is what it is. He's the role player. He's the guy who hopefully will be stapled to that fourth line, and maybe that is you know the other thing like we talked about earlier in the show that the centers Tom like it's just Brett Howden's role in this team, the fourth line center for the next whoever the hell knows. Um, and you just hope he continues to develop it, you know his game away from the puck, and uh, that's a whole other thing we could get into in another show, just kind of going over where Howden is and how he's developing. But, um, yeah, it, I was surprised, frankly, that, that Lemieux got to 1.55. Um, I didn't, I didn't think, you know, it's, it's one, it's, it's not worth being like, oh man, you know, you're paying, you're paying him a little too much, uh, but cause it's just two years and it is what it is. But, um, I'm just, uh, I guess the nice way to say it is I'm unenthused about Lemieux's potential to make an impact on the steam. It's a fair statement, um, but it's, again, it's something that we'll see what it is for now. You obviously have a number of kids who have the potential to push him out, and we'll see what happens. Um, before we get to our last Rangers topic, uh, this is a good time for an ad break and uh, pay some bills. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
just like that, we're back from the break. Um, I would say this is a partial topic because we don't know exactly what it's going to be. But the NHL has started teasing these reverse retro jerseys. Adidas had a short video the other day which was correlating uh, these different schemes and jersey numbers. Um, like today it was, I believe, like Pacific Division. Um, I saw like the Arizona Coyotes teasing their purple jersey with the lizard, which reminded me of Spyro the Dragon. Um, the Rangers jersey, um, it's 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 looking like it's going to be some version of a Liberty jersey based on the color scheme, based on the year. Um, this is something that people um, are mixed about. You have some who love the Liberty jersey. You have some who hate it. Uh, I don't and know if I've... Joe, who likes the white version. See... Like, the white one, I, I thought the white one was, was nice. Um, I think that, I, personally, my favorite jersey, I love the Heritage jersey. I love yeah. the Rangers the, the most. by far. Oh, yeah. I love it because it's pretty simple. It's not looking to do too much. And with a franchise like the Rangers, all this history and stuff... They're not going to go um, off the don't wall. Do, yeah, don't do whatever the hell Dallas did. Like, like although you can't I do that as the Rangers. So I think that's kind of cool. I, I mean, I thought it was different, and I think um, it's like I want to. Tom, I don't, I don't know, I don't even know how to feel about it. it looks like an XFL jersey or something. Like it's I a think laser it's tag uniform. It's fair. I, th I think. We got to see it under, we got to see one full uniform. We got to see it under the lights. Um, got to see know. it in a room filled with black lights. I agree. Does it glow in the dark? That's a big part if of it. If it glows in the dark, I'm all for it. If they, if they went full into ridiculous, goofy bullshit, then I'll, I'll change my tune. If like they sewed in little LEDs into the green strips, I'm all about it. Go for it. Be ridiculous. Yeah, but they didn't do that. Um, I also love the Rangers' most recent Winter Classic jersey, and I think if you take that and you yeah, take the Heritage jersey and you put it together, I think you get something nice. Um, I know people slept on that jersey, don't you? Oh yeah, the most I th recent Winter Classic. Like I think people didn't give that one as much credit as it deserved. I think because a lot of people were just hoping it was the Heritage again, but right, like it was nice. Like it, it looked really nice. Yeah, I I mean the NY patch was different. Um, obviously, I liked it. yeah. For those who uh, had like the the you know the captaincy or the A, like I thought that was a different look. Um, but yeah, again, like the whole way I view this, and I I'm not like my whole thing was I always wanted Wednesday night rivalries to be rebranded as Wacky Wednesday. Or Throwback Thursday, where the whole point is whatever two teams are playing, they're wearing some funky jersey that it it's a good contrast because people complain it's hard to follow the game on TV. Um, but if you have contrasting colors, you have a blue and you have a red, um, although I know obviously for colorblind people that could be an issue. I know that was an issue when the NFL did their color rush jerseys um yeah yeah but have fun and it's part of me is like well 
how is the NHL going to juice up extra revenue with no fans in the buildings and a uh, partial season? Well, have a Merch. shitload of jerseys. Yeah. And, like, part of that for me is, like, why the Rangers have yet to uh, announce a team captain. Um, they kind of want to be able to capitalize on all the different types of merch. Like, oh, someone's going to get, like, a Lafreniere retro jersey or someone will get a new captain third jersey. Or it's like it's a whole it's like a whole equation thing. Because um, when I did um, like I try to like time things up um although i didn't get much wear out of it the uh winter classic jersey i did get um was kevin shattenkirk um so that obviously didn't age well um but you know it's it's still it's you know it's it's its own thing um but i i think that it's going to be cool um i'll be interested to see once all of them are unveiled and what they actually look like on a tv but it's something different um i know People like it, um, and we obviously love it back. Yeah, I, I'm waiting to see what it actually looks like because the the biggest flaw of the the Liberty jersey from whatever the hell was it like '97 was it? Yeah, I think, um, is the sleeves like the weird diagonal sleeves and uh, the silver? Yeah, the silver stripe and everything. Like there were things about it that I don't love. Like the silver was on because I actually have uh, just a blank one. Um, and like the silver that has like a, a little shine to it. Like I don't like shiny on jerseys. Like I, I'm one of those people who doesn't like Vegas's whole thing. I know I'm in the minority, but which which know. Vegas jersey? All of them or about it. the whole kit and caboodle? I, I think the red like one the is cool. Jerseys. I don't like the road jerseys because I don't like white hockey gloves because I think they look ridiculous. But uh, I'm an old grumpy man apparently. Although meanwhile I'm like yeah I want teams like i want the rangers to do a retro thing where they have brown hockey pants like back in they had one year of brown the leafs did that thing. yeah that's what i, I want. think i want when they full full ridiculous throwback well yeah i mean it's it's gonna be and i also now wonder and like we said at the beginning we'll probably get into this a little more next week once things are finalized or just more fleshed out because it's I guess from the NHL's perspective, their whole thing has been, oh, we want to do this January 1st. And then the NBA is like, oh, we're coming back uh, December 22nd, 23rd, I think. Uh, So that sort of puts them in a position of they want to be able to meet uh, or be slightly behind them because they don't want to lose eyeballs, even though it's, it's... People are going to pay more attention to the NBA than they would the NHL. Um, But yeah, it's. I think it's something fun to to distract from everything else that's going on. And uh, it'll be cool once we see all of them. And then you'll see a bunch of people like, oh, I love this. Oh, I hate this. Uh, But yeah, um, there really are not that many more hockey related topics to get into um is there anything you wanted to talk about mike anything you wanted to chat about talk of of the potential like a pseudo bubble um and you know batman seems to have walked back his whole we're gonna have an 82 game season now you know i think realism is starting to set in because as our listeners know and again we want to remind everyone please stay safe wash your hands wear a mask covid is real yeah, COVID is still a thing. Uh, we know there was didn't go away. 
and all that stuff uh, still a thing and thousands and thousands of people are dying and contracting it so uh, continue to be safe and if you are one of the people who has been taking it seriously uh, reconsider uh, because it's not just about you it's about the people around you um, but yeah it's it's interesting to me to think of how Batman is going to try and make things work and like you said uh, you know losing so much money from from ticket sales then of course you have teams that are you know owners who might be like hey this isn't even worth it to have a season so you know Batman does have to walk a fine line but it is we should make this clear now for everyone like there's no guarantees we're gonna have a season um oh no so you know look at colleges canceling yeah like like uh, the ivy league just canceled fall sports yeah you know and it's it's just it's a debacle really um and trying to figure out it's we've said this a hundred times over you know while this has gone gone on with the pandemic but trying to plan ahead you can only plan so far ahead before you realize like oh by the time we're in stage three of what this plan could look like something has changed that made your stage one irrelevant so you have to start over from from scratch and you just have to keep rebuilding a plan and i think you know a flexible plan is what the nhl is trying to establish with this kind of doing pseudo bubbles and like temporary realignments where you have you know canadian teams in a division of their own that sort of thing to get around border issues and all that but like who the hell knows um it is what it is but the fun thing for us in this is you know the silver lining is we get to pay a little more attention to what's going on uh with prospects in europe um which is fun because Kravstov's continuing to look really good, and that's always fun. But yeah, Tom, I don't I don't have anything else to uh, to add. Yeah, um, the last thing I'll say, um, and one of the things I've been trying to do during this period is I've been trying to get through um, some of my backlog of books, or trying to, you know, from driving to work or have some downtime, listen to a book. Um, and like, as a lot of people probably know, um, Alex Trebek passed away, uh, last week and he had actually released uh, a book, uh, over the summer and I've been listening to it this week. I'm down to the last 15 minutes of the book. Um, and if you're interested, um, it's narrated partially by him he reads the introduction. He has a couple of chapters that he reads himself. Um, one where he's talking about his wife. Um, and then there's uh, the rest of it's read by Ken Jennings, who is one of the you know the top Jeopardy players uh, of all time. And it's just... Um, I have went into it thinking like, you know, I'm going to learn some things about a very famous individual that I really didn't know too much about outside of him being, you know, a world-renowned game show host. Um, And it's very introspective in his approach on life, and he's talking about how he was going through, um, you know, cancer and all of these different things. And I think more than ever, it's just, it's a good reminder of appreciating life while you're living and appreciating the little things and it's always good to be kind it's always good to be humble when you can it's 
it's always good to help others if you can. Um, it, it's really, it's a really insightful little book. It's not too long. It's about, I think, like four and a half hours, five hours, um, an audiobook. Um, so that shouldn't be too long if you're reading it. Um, and I'm just sort of like been reflecting on that. And as all of this is going on, you see what's going on in the world. Um, and I, I think of, you know, every new year when you tweet out, you know, just talking about the, the importance of being kind and the importance of, um, you know, just listening to other people and, and being helpful. And I think that more than ever, like now is a time where we we do think about each other's. We, we think about how we can make a difference for other people. We think about little things that we can do um, because really it's, you only have one life um, and you are going to have some good days. You're going to have some bad days and those bad days are going to sometimes feel unbearable just in general. And then you talk about, you know, the whole pandemic, uh, everything else going on. Um, but yeah, um, it's, it was really, really touching. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, it's really interesting to me because I, I completely went into it just like, oh, this is going to be one thing. And as I'm listening and listening and listening over the course of a couple of days, it's like, wow, like this really touches on some things that are going on right now. And these little lessons that you can apply, um, so yeah, just a little bit of a ramble, something that I was listening to, and um, yeah. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, my my next book I'm going to read is going to read a book to review for Banter uh, called Thin Ice by Ryan Minkoff, so I'm looking forward to finally digging into that. I've had some personal stuff going on, but now i got to read Alex Trebek's book. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, it's, it's really good, um, and I would recommend uh, everyone read it, um, you know, it's it's real it's not like i said not too long um but you know it's thankful for uh you know having having listened to it and you know obviously we're we're thankful to everyone who supports the show um especially our patrons a six foot gap amnahoic Aiden gaspar amriel kistner honor chicago andy white anthony viola beezer ben pierney bjarner osterheim bob kawa bobby callahan captain america Chris Abibi, Chris Lucas, Chris Marco Trigiano, Clark Carroll, Daniel Jazen, David L. Singer, Fancy Lawrence, Frank Menino, George Lippman, Igor Savlaski, Jamie Busholt, Jason Silverman, Jeff Owen, Jermaine Francis, John Predzapelski, John Reppy, Jordan Sassone, Justin Walsh, Keith Franchillo, Kevin Mead, Kush Tastic, Kyle Palatano, Matt Bader, Matt Pumple, Matthias Olson, Michael Kanick, Michael Marcus, Michael Silvers, Nikolai Hoffman, Panerwin2020, Patrick Landl, Perennial Powerhouse, Sammy Vogel Seidenberg, Sean, Stieg Bjalbeck, Stink Fleeman, Tall Guy Rob, uh, The Tin Man, Tor from Manhattan and Trevor Kempner. Um, thank you as always for your support. Um, going forward with the podcast, um, obviously as news happens and as it concerns the Rangers or the NHL, we will definitely talk about it. Um, but we're going to have, um, you know, coming up, we're going to try and have a series of guests on to talk about a variety of topics. Um, we have an ongoing list of people, but if there's people that you're interested in in hearing from if there are topics you're interested in in hearing from if there are you know things you want us to try um you know as always um 
You can message us on Patreon. You can reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, you can reach out to us through Banter. Um, if you click on either of our profiles, there should be a link to send uh, an email. You can do it that way. Um, but yeah, we're basically going to take everything, you know, one episode at a time. And, uh, you know, we, we do appreciate your input. Um, so, yeah. I yeah, think middle uh, of November off season podcast content, just like just like always. Yeah, it's it's weird to like. Obviously, this has been going on where, oh, it's the off season, but it's you know it's October it's now. Like any of this shit? Yeah, I daylight savings just happened, and I it's like pitch black outside at four p.m. We're in the middle of November. There's no hockey. I don't even know my own fucking name anymore. We're all just trying to scrape by. Uh, but yeah. Thankfully, hopefully the world will get more seen soon, is all I can say. Yep. Uh, take care of each other. Um, if you have to, you know, go out in daily life, wear a mask, wash your hands, social distance. Uh, just take care of yourself. We we don't, don't be know. An asshole. All those things that we that are so important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what's ahead. Um, it's it's scary to think of. Obviously, the start of it and where the numbers are going. Um, you know, just take care of yourself and be well. And uh, as always, uh, we thank you for listening, Mike. Thankful for you doing the show with me. And uh, hey, always thankful for you, Tama Bahama. And uh, we will speak to you again uh, soon. So have a a good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, Take care.